Okay, James chapter 5 and begin reading with verse number 13. The Bible said, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Now let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we bow before you, Lord, I thank you for the word of God tonight and for another privilege that we have this side of eternity to preach your word. And Lord, I recognize without the power of God uh, that I can do nothing. And Lord, help me tonight to be a blessing, to be a help, to each one that's gathered here tonight. May we leave here, Lord, with a greater understanding the Word of God and uh, that uh, we could implement that, that we learn and that we'd better serve you. I pray you'd speak to every heart and do what needs to be done as only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I, I want to speak to you on the subject of prayer tonight. I need it and I, I, I hope it'll be a blessing to you. Uh, before I get into the message, I, I, I had read this story or heard this story before some time ago, and I run across it again, and uh, I wanted to, uh, to share this with you. It goes along with what we're talking about this evening. And uh, said the story is told by the captain of a ship on which George Mueller of Bristol was traveling. During his life, he received more than one million pounds from the Lord uh, without advertising. Every penny came as an answer to prayer. Now, that's remarkable. Uh, if you've read his story, of course, you know he had the orphanage there, all there in, in England. And uh, said, uh, the story goes on, uh, we had George Mueller of Bristol on board, said the captain. I had been on the bridge for 24 hours and never left it, and George Mueller came to me and said, Captain, I have come to tell you I must be in Quebec on Saturday afternoon. It is impossible, I said, and very well, if your ship cannot take me, God will find some other way. I have never broken an engagement in 57 years. Let us go down into the chart room and pray. I looked at that man of God and thought to myself, what lunatic asylum can that man have come from? I have never heard of such a thing as this. Mr. Mueller, I said, do you know how dense this fog is? No, he replied. My eye is not on the density of the fog, but on the living God who controls every circumstance of my life. He knelt down and he prayed one of the most simple prayers 
When he had finished, I was going to pray, but he put his hand on my shoulder and told me not to pray. As you do not believe, he will answer, and as I believe he has, there is no need whatever for you to pray about it. I looked at him, and George Mueller said, Captain, I have known my Lord for 57 years, and there has never been a, there has never been a single day when I have failed to get an audience with the king. Get up, Captain, open the door, and you will find the fog has gone. I got up, and the fog indeed was gone. On that Saturday afternoon, George Mueller kept his promised engagement. I would to God that we could believe God like that. That's the way God wants us to believe Him. And God is able. Subject of prayer something that we preach about a lot of times and talk about and, and something I think that, uh, and we, we probably know a lot about it, but uh, the practice of prayer I think is something that we fail uh, miserably in uh, and how we need uh, to learn to pray. I was talking about the pain there uh, two or three weeks ago or so and and was talking about, he made a comment that really, really spoke to my heart. And, and I remembered that our schools, our colleges, Bible schools, and all are, are, are turning out a lot of preachers, but they're not turning out a lot of prayers. They know how to preach. They've learned how to preach, but they don't know how to pray. And it goes together, doesn't it? And how we need to learn how to pray. God responds to prayer. The Bible teaches that, that God hears and answers prayer. And uh, we certainly need to know how to pray. Let me just give you this uh, at the beginning. Uh, it's generally commented on and preached on that God answers prayers in one of three ways. And I've heard this many times that that the Lord says, yes, I'll answer that request, or, or God may say no. Or sometimes God says, wait a while. And, and I consider that and thought about it a great deal. Uh, I do not, I believe every prayer that is prayed right will get a yes answer. If God says no, then we prayed wrong. I believe that. And there's three things, and I'm not going to go into that as a separate message. I just want to get, remind, remind each of us tonight. In praying, first of all, we need to pray according to the will of God. 1 John 5, if you, ask, if you shall ask anything according to, my, according to his will, and we know he hears us. And if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know we have the petitions we desire of him. So 1 John 5 teaches that if we pray in God's will... Whatever you ask will be granted every time if you pray in the will of God. And, of course, Romans 8 tells us how to know the will of God. Second of all, John 14, we need to make our prayer in Jesus' name. The Bible said he has forgiven us for Christ's sake. And any petitions that we ever receive from God, he does it because of Jesus. He doesn't do it because we're worthy. He does it because of Christ. We need to always keep that in mind. Make our prayer in Jesus' name. And thirdly, whatever we ask for, believe that God's going to do it. 
That's the case with George Mueller. He believed that when he prayed that God would hear and answer his prayer and God did hear and answer his prayer because he believed absolutely. When he prayed, he believed he was going to receive whatever he asked for. And uh, he prayed, prayed the money in day by day and God sent the money in. And so may God help us to learn how to pray and how to receive an answer from the Lord. Now, we need to pray, first of all, we need to pray specifically. And I have mentioned, I've mentioned that before in messages, but we need to pray specifically. It's hard to pray specifically in public prayers. Uh, and uh, most of our public prayers are pretty general. Some of them, I wonder if we really accomplish a great deal. But to, to receive an answer from God, we need to pray specifically. You want a loved one saved? Start calling their name to God in prayer. What do you want God to do? Sometimes we say, God bless the church. That don't get a lot of answers. We need to be specific. And... Uh, what do we want? You know, if you go buy a suit of clothes, you have to be a, a little specific, don't you? Uh, almost anything you buy, you have to be specific. You go out and buy a car. You say, I'm going to buy a car. Call up a car dealer and say, I want to buy a car. What kind of car do you want to buy? Well, just the cars. All I know, just want to buy a car. Well, uh, uh, you, you, can't, you can't get very far. You've got to be more specific. You've got to make up your mind. What, well, if you want a Ford or a Chevrolet or something else, uh, you know, how big a car, how high price the car, and all these decisions that we have to make. And you get specific. This is what I want. This is the color I want. This is the make I want, the model I want, and so forth. This is what I want and you get specific, then you can get what you want. And, you know, it's amazing how we approach everything in life, and we're specific on it, and it's just like going to the doctor and say, I need an, I, I want to have an operation. Kind of operation. I don't know this any kind. I just need an operation of some kind. I feel bad, and I need, I need y'all to operate on something. Take this out. Maybe that'll help me feel better. Uh, well, sometimes we wonder if that isn't the way some doctors operate, but uh, it's not supposed to be that way. And, uh, you know, you have, to, you have to find out what the problem is. You have to get specific. And we, we understand that in the natural realm, but sometimes we fail to understand in the spiritual realm. But if we do that in the things of everyday life, then certainly we should learn to do it when we pray. God wants us to be specific and to pray for the things. And, and the scripture I talked about, when, when you pray, believe you're going to receive it. In Mark 10, he said, and whatsoever things you pray, well, we're to pray for things. Uh, when you pray, we're to believe that we're going to get the things, pray for things. Pray specifically. That's what God is saying. Be specific in your prayers. And I'm convinced tonight 
The reason we fail to receive answers many times is because we fail to address God specifically and say, Lord, I want you to do this. I need this from the Lord. I know uh, we had a young preacher with us working at school one year, Dean Gurley. And of course, some of you may remember him or not, but uh, been several years ago. But one thing I remember about Dean Gurley, when you would, we'd have our Wednesday night prayer meeting, and we'd have the request for prayers, and, uh, and uh, if he was called on to lead in the prayer, he would pray specifically. I mean, he'd go right down the line, calling people's names, calling this name, Lord, do this for this individual. And, and it, uh, uh, you know, it, uh, I still remember that. And uh, he was taking this admonition to heart and praying specifically for specific needs of individuals. Lord, heal the sick. Now, that might be all right for a pulpit prayer. But I doubt that uh, gets anybody healed. But you start praying for this individual. But the Jerry's dad there, you call Lloyd Brum's name in prayer, and Lord, you know he's there in the hospital, and this is his need, and Lord, I, I'd appreciate it if you would do this for him. Now, you start praying like that, and you'll start getting some answers. And I challenge you to try it. Pray specifically. And it encourages us and it, it, it increases our faith. And so uh, we see God begin to answer and we see God begin to do things. And we, uh, you know, it encourages us to pray more and, and, and pray more fervently and more effectually. So pray specifically. James here talks about praying for the sick. And, of course, in this case here, the sick person was to call for the elders and anoint them with oil, the prayer of faith that saved the sick. I mean, they went there and prayed specifically for this individual. And we find in Acts 12, many illustrations of the Bible, the church prayed for Peter. They didn't say, Lord, Lord, we're here in a prayer meeting. We want to pray for all the prisoners tonight. Pray for all the prisoners. You think Peter had got out of jail? Well, God's going to let him out, maybe whether they prayed or not, as far as that case is concerned. But they prayed for him. And we need to pray like that. And uh, then we, we, think, we think of Elijah here. It gives illustration in our text of Elijah. He said, Elias, verse 17, talking about Elijah was a man subject to like patience as we are. He prayed earnestly. And it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months, and he prayed again, the heaven gave rain, the earth brought forth their fruit. Now here's a man that prays for it to stop raining, and it stops raining. He prays again for it to start raining, and it starts raining. He prays specifically for a specific need. That's the way God wants us to pray. Pray specifically. Ask, tell God what you want. Now, we've been conditioned, I think, over the years, and preachers, you've probably heard preachers say, uh, 
I'll tell you, God gets tired of thee. God gets tired of you getting on your knees and all you want is ask him something. Ask him something all the time. Back, give me this and give me that. Give me this and give me that. And all you ever do, give me this, give me something. And sometimes because of that, I think that's an error in preaching. And I understand what they mean, that, uh, that there's never any praise, never any worship, never any thanksgiving, and that's wrong in that situation, yes. But is God offended when we go to him and say, give me this and give me that? No. Does God want us to ask him? Yes. He wants us to ask for things. He wants us to. It doesn't offend God. It doesn't bother God. He is encouraged. He says, the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. He said, James, you have not because you ask not. God wants us to ask. And he wants us to pray specifically. I could go on and on on that point. So pray specifically. You pray for this church, you pray specifically for it, you pray for me. Specifically, pray. And God will answer prayer. Then what about the time? What about the time? It's good to have a time of prayer. You know, if we don't set aside time, we just don't do it. Isn't that about right? The reason you're in church tonight, you set, you set aside the time to come. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. I mean, I don't even think about not coming to church. If we have church, I'm coming. If I'm able, not sick, not preaching somewhere, something like that. I may be gone on Wednesday night, a vacation or something a year. But I'm going to be here. And that's, I just set that, I'm not going to do nothing else. That's, I just, I, that's what I do. And I go out and visit people. I invite them to church. Well, I may come sometime. They're not coming. I might see you sometime. They won't be here. You know what I do? I say, how about Sunday? How about coming Sunday? Well, I won't promise. They're not coming. <laughs> well, I, I want one lie. I'm not going to make any promises because I want one lie. What they're saying, I'm not coming. They just saying it in a nice way. I'm not going to be there. Because <laughs> what they're saying, if I told you I was coming, I'd lie because I'm not coming. <laughs> so I'm not going to tell you I'm coming. I'm not going to lie about it. And we get all that. But sometimes the person says, I'll be there, and then they don't come. But sometimes someone says, I'm coming, and they come, and that's wonderful. But generally, Generally, folks will not come unless you pin them down and say, will you come this Sunday? They say, well, I can't come Sunday. You know, I've got this. I say, what about next Sunday? <laughs> Sometimes, you know, follow up on some of these calls and all, and, and uh, some we call back and some I just knock on the door. <laughs> but... Uh, he called and say, say, I'm making some visits tonight. I'd like to stop by if that's convenient. Well, no, tonight's not a, that's probably not a good time. Well, what about next Thursday? 
And usually they'll say, well, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess so. Come on, come on next Thursday. They say, oh, next Thursday. So I'd say, well, what about the next one? <laughs> After a while, they realize I'm persistent. I'm coming. <laughs> Unless they just tell me, I don't want to see you. Don't come. Leave me alone. In that case, I'd do that. But, but a time, you have to, you have to schedule it. And if you just say, well, I'm gonna, uh, I, think I'll, uh, I think I'll pray some. You're not going to pray. I'm not going to pray. Schedule some time. People that really do some serious praying, schedule it in. Some people get up early. They get up a little early, and they pray then. Some people pray late. Some people have other times to pray. But I'll tell you when I think most people pray is when a crisis comes. Sometimes, it, isn't it tragic that God may have to bring a crisis to get us to pray? Tribulation works patience. We studied that in our Sunday school. And just when a crisis comes, and we say, oh God, Lord, I don't have nowhere else to go. You're going to have to help me. And then we start getting serious. God, listen, if you're a child of God tonight and you're walking with Jesus and you're living for God, you can get your prayers answered and you would not believe what you could get God to do if you just asked him. You think of that. We'd not believe, we'd not believe what we could have from the Lord, what God is anxious anxious to give us what he wants to give us, what he's willing to give us. He's anxious to do it. And all he's waiting on is for us to say, Lord, I'd, could you do this for me? We don't even bother to ask. Because we're too busy with other things. We're too busy doing it ourselves. We don't have time to get down specifically and start praying. Start praying for the individual needs. We've got a mission board out there full of people, full of missionaries. They have all kind of needs. They write in those letters specific needs that they have. Just read them. Go right down the line. Probably every letter has something to pray about. I mean, there's, a, there's enough 15 minutes prayer right there just praying for the missionaries, probably those needs. Then you think about the sick folk we have, and you think about the lost people, and, and you think about... Uh, uh, you know, these that's been visited, these that's been called, and, and all the other things that go on around here, around the church, and all the other ministries. Don't you think we'd be in a little better position if we'd been praying, praying for the choir, and praying for the choir director, and the pianist, and praying for the teachers, and, and uh, praying for the officers, and praying for the preacher, and you'd been calling each one's name every day to God in prayer? and been praying for the missionaries and their needs and praying for the various ministers of the church. And when you come to church, you think you'd be in a better spirit to worship God and see God do something? I think we would. Have a time to pray. The Bible said in Acts 3, 1, Peter and John went up together to the temple the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. There was a time, a scheduled time of prayer. And they went up there to pray. And they, they were serious. A lot of them, it was just a form. And, and that's the danger too now. 
You know, there's a danger. You set aside a time. Okay, I'm going to give God 15 minutes, give God 10 minutes, whatever. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray specifically. I'm going to give me a prayer list. I'm going to give me a list of people lost. I'm going to call their name every day to God in prayer. I'm going to tell God. The, you say, God knows who they are. Yes, God knows who they are. But we need to say it. It gives us a burden. And God wants to hear it. Get you a list, names of lost people, special needs, special burdens, sick folk and missionaries and just make you a long list and every day get out on your knees and talk to God about each situation. But now there's a danger and it just becoming a form. Just start calling names. And that's always a danger of just going through the form. Now, we don't want to get there. And then what about the place of prayer? Well, the Bible teaches about secret prayer and united prayer, and uh, uh, there's things that there's things that you need to talk to God about. You don't need no one else around. There's things you'd pray about. You wouldn't pray if I called on you to pray. You wouldn't start praying out loud about those things. There's very private matters, very very personal matters and very personal needs. And God knows all about it anyway, but you need to pray about it. And I need to pray about it. We need to talk to God about it. And just, just be honest with the Lord and say, this. and some of the most blessed experiences I've ever had in my life, the most wonderful, blessed times with God has not been in the pulpit preaching, but has been along with God where you just lay it all out. And you just, you just get totally honest with God and you're not pretending, you're not trying to fool anybody and, and uh, uh, put on a show for anybody. And you just, you just pour out your soul and you just tell God exactly your condition and your need and who you are and everything about it and just lay it all out with God. And I'll tell you, you start doing that, you get, you get down to business. It gets real. And the Lord becomes very real. And, and it's, it's no longer just a, you know, uh, just a form and just going through the motions. It gets real. Boy, I just, I just like to get, get along with God and just tell the Lord what kind of a rascal and how sorry and low down good for nothing I am because he knows all about it. Not what people think about me, but what God knows I am inside. And just lay it all out this plain. That's what we need to do that. We need that time where we talk to the Lord from our heart and pour our soul out to God in our closet. Now he's talk, talking about most of our closets you couldn't get in without, you know, getting uh, hitting the head with something. He's not talking about a closed closet as we understand it. He's talking about a, a, a place, a place of prayer, a place where we can get alone, a place where it's just us and the Lord away from the children, away from anyone else, where no one can overhear you. Now we need to pray like that. Matthew 6, 6, When thou prayest into thy closet, when thou shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. In Luke 5, 16, the Lord Jesus said, he withdrew himself into the wilderness to pray. Jesus Christ set the example, and he went away many times to pray there and so uh, we need to pray uh, secretly and then we need to pray 
united. Romans 15, 30, he says, strive together with me. Paul is writing there to the church, uh, strive together with me uh, in your prayers to God for me. He said, I want you to pray together for me. There's things that God will give through united prayer that you won't get otherwise. There's things you get through private prayer, and there's things we need to pray together on. And I think we've, we, we've lost that many times. We forgot how to pray together. I mean, united praying together. Sometimes we, you know, we have a prayer room, and we go there, and we pray, and we kind of pray our individual prayers. But really, there's things, and that's all right, but there's things that we need to pray together, unite together. This is what we want God to do. And each of us asks the same thing. If it's four or five or 10 or 15 or whatever, each of us asks for the same thing. United, Lord, we are united together and we are asking you to do this. And we need to pray like that. Now, the need, it depends on the need. You may just need to pray a short prayer. You may need to pray a long time. We just need to pray till we know God's heard us. We know God's, you know. Listen, we, we don't have to keep bombarding heaven to get God. God doesn't have to be persuaded. God's willing. But we just need, we need to... Uh, to come to the place that we believe God and that we have faith. Now, the Bible does uh, teach about persistent prayer, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But uh, in Matthew 23, 14, he said, For pretense they make long prayers. The religious crowd of Jesus, they, they'd stand on the corner and pray. They weren't, they weren't talking to God, they were talking to people. I heard John Rice tell a story one time. Or I think I heard it on or uh, read one in his writings or whatever, and uh, he said he, uh, he was having this revival campaign or whatever, and, and he called on this preacher to pray. And he said he preached a sermon. He went to him afterwards. He said, I called on you to pray. He said, who were you praying to? He said, I was praying to the people. He said, at least he admitted it. He said, I thought you were supposed to talk to God. Who's you talking? Who's you praying to? I was praying to the people. He said, Well, you have, you, you're, you're up there preaching. This is the only chance I have to preach to him. And he preached, he prayed on and on and on and on and preached a sermon in his prayer. That's not praying. Praying is talking to God. Praying is not trying to impress the people. And this is what the, the religious crowd of Jesus day, the scribes and the Pharisees, they made it, they, they, they just went through the motions and to be heard of men, and he rebuked them for it. In Matthew 6, 7, he said, Use not vain repetitions. They think they'll be heard for their much speaking. Don't come together and recite what's commonly called the Lord's Prayer. Well, we recite their Father which art of heaven. And people think they've prayed. When they recite that prayer week after week after week, that's not praying. He said, after this manner. He didn't say, get up and recite the prayer. He said, after this manner, pray. This is a model. This is a guide to go by. Don't just use vain repetitions. 
But you know, most of our prayers, I think of my prayers many times, we pray about the same thing. We could just record our prayer and not even bother, just punch the button, put it in the tape player and punch the button and say, here it is, Lord. Here's my prayer for today. Next day, we rewind it and punch it again. Sometimes I think about my prayers sometimes, and I realize that we have, we have certain things. We pray for the sick folk and pray for missionaries, pray for our country as we're instructed to do. Nothing wrong with that, uh, having, uh, I guess, an outline or whatever, general things to go by, but, but we should do it from our heart. Pray from the heart and not just go through a form and a model, and you say, well, I don't, I don't just repeat the Lord's Prayer. I don't just repeat that to the Lord. Well, we may not do that, but if we're not careful, we just have the same memorized program and we say the same thing to God every time. And if you probably listen to me pray, I probably do pretty much that. And there's a danger in it getting just to be a form which God despises, not vain repetition. Now we have long prayers, prayer of Moses, prayer of Solomon were long prayers. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, only three short prayers. And uh, in Luke 6, 12, he went out there and prayed all night. Have you ever prayed all night? I haven't. I've never prayed all night long. People say we're going to have an all-night prayer meeting. I've never been to one. Gonna have an all-night New Year's service. That means it's at 12 o'clock and we're leaving. At 12.30. Jesus prayed all night. So prayers may be long. Prayers may be short. Peter said, Lord, save me! <laughs> He's beginning to sink on the water there. He's walking on the sea. Now, he didn't start a rigmarole. Our Father, which art in heaven, who, you know, Found out the oceans and the mountains and on and on with the rigmarole and and uh, you know he'd have been drowned by then. Lord save me! Now that's all you need if you're sinking in the water. That's all it takes. <laughs> that's all you need to say. But now all of our prayers shouldn't be like that. Lord heal, heal the sick. No, don't pray like that. Get a little more specific. Listen, if I'm sick, I want you to tell God my name. I want you to tell God what's wrong with me and ask God to fix that. <laughs> That's what I want. Lord, bless the preacher. No, you get specific and, and tell God what you want him to do for me. Well, that kind of prayer gets an answer. And it doesn't have to, you know, it can be long or short depending on the need. And then let me close with this, our attitude about prayer. We find that in verse 16, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. God's Word teaches fervently and effectual. Red hot. Persistent. Effectual prayer. Luke twenty two forty four. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling to the ground. Have you ever prayed like that? I haven't. I don't know anyone that has, really. He was absolutely in an agony. 
prayed unto the sweat. Some say that the sweat, actually the blood was mixed with the sweat. I don't know that. It said it became as great drops of blood. Didn't specifically say it was blood. It may or may not have been mixed with blood. But it said he, it was as, as it were great drops of blood falling to the ground. Luke 18, 1, men ought always to pray and not to faint. Illustration in 1 Kings 18. The story of Elijah there in the confrontation with the prophets of Baal. And he prayed, he began to pray that God would send the rain. Did God give the rain the first time he asked for it? No. He told his servant to go look. Came back said, I don't see nothing. That's when we quit, isn't it? Well, I've prayed for him several times and I ain't seen nothing happen. He said, he kept praying. He said, you go look again. Came back. See nothing. Go on. Third time. I don't see nothing out there. Fourth time. Go on back. He keeps going. And the seventh time he comes back and says, I see a little cloud about the size of a man's hand. Elijah said, the rains are coming. What a man of faith. God help us to learn how to pray. I'll close with this. R.A. Torrey's prescription for revival. Y'all see God do something? R.A. Torrey, one of the great preachers. He said, R.A. Torrey had so much of the power of God and walked with God so much that he could walk in one of the factories walk down through the factory and people would start falling on their knees begging, pleading, begging God for mercy. Just the fact that R.A. Torrey was there. This is what he said, bring revival any church, any time, any day. This will bring revival. He said, number one, let a few people, and need not be many, get thoroughly right with God. Let a few people, and need not be many, thoroughly right with God. That goes back to what I said a moment ago. You get along with God and you just, you just admit it all. You just admit every sin. Don't cover up, whitewash any, justify, well, I think this, oh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, I think there's anything wrong with this. But we've justified this and justified that and covered this up and covered that up to nothing sin no more. And we get back to God's word and back to what God said and confess it all. Lord, this is wrong. This is sin. And I confess it and I repent of it and I turn away from it and get thoroughly right with God. Second of all, let them bind themselves in prayer groups until God opens the windows of heaven and comes down. He said, let them get thoroughly right with God. Then when they get thoroughly right with God, let them get together and pray together until God does something and refuse to give up. Let them bind themselves in prayer groups until God opens the windows of heaven and comes down. And number three, let them put themselves at God's disposal to use to win souls as he sees fit. He said, that'll bring revival. I believe it. Number one, get thoroughly right with God. Number two, unite together in prayer. And number three, give themselves to God's disposal to win souls. Lord, I'm yours to use 
to win the souls to Christ. God help us to learn how to pray. The story of George Mueller gripped my heart. I hope it does yours. Prayed a simple prayer. God took the fog away because he had one desire. The only reason he wanted the fog lifted is not so he could get on television and say, tell you what happened to me, send me $100. No. He wanted God to answer that prayer for one reason. He needed to be somewhere to preach. He was there for God's glory and not his own. He was there for the Lord, and he asked it for God's glory and his alone. That's the only thing he had in mind is that God may get the glory, and God heard and answered that prayer. God help us pray like that. Let's bow our heads.